Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword lovesport. Don't you know, pump it up, the whites are going up. Don't you know, pump it up, the whites are going up. Don't you dare underestimate the pass for the cross <laughs> for that goal at the Medeski on Tuesday night, by the way. Straight into the path of Helder Costa, straight onto the head of Jack Harrison and straight into the back of the Reading goal. Boomtown. 2-1. 1-0 Leeds United, I should say. I'm indeed reacting, as you probably tell, right? You can get it. The dulcet tones of that Macedonian man. <laughs> Yanni Alioski, of course. What a player, what a hero. And what a win against Reading. John McKenzie to follow up that late drama we witnessed against Luton just a few days earlier in the Championship. This is, of course, the Leeds United fan show here on Lost Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? What a week. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Brilliant from Alioski. Did you hear him do those that, that little song yeah, that he did before the game? Well, it's a song that they have taken on board this, this, this season. I don't know where it started, actually, but there was a video of Barry Douglas on the team bus afterwards on his Instagram banging away on the table uh, along to that song as well. So it's, it's become this season's song. So the, the, the better bit about it for me, I know we've spoken about Alioski's funny little quips on social media when he gets the camera thrust in front of him, but it was the, the Eastern European accent. <laughs> the weights are going up. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. All part of it. And then he grabbed the phone, didn't he? He had to do that. Do, a, a Leeds player does that before every game, don't they? They do a little social media bit that goes out on Twitter or Instagram. Right. Yeah, he seems to do it a lot, I think. But he, he kind of, he loves that. It that is getting to that point where I think you remember a few years ago, uh, actually quite a lot longer, about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, when David Luiz and Didier Drogba started doing stuff, when Chelsea TV started to really grow. And they would come up when they were doing an interview and sort of mess around. And I knew someone working for Chelsea TV at the time. And he said, I have to admit now, we've made sure that whenever we film, we know they're going to be around because we know they're going to come and do something stupid. Mm. Clicks, likes, shares, mm. comments. That's what it's all ahead about. Ahead of their time, then, really. Well ahead of their time. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Indeed. Another man who's ahead of his time is your fine self, John McKenzie, especially when it comes to stats. Mm. We are going to start with the usual opening stat. Yeah, I've got an opening stat. Um, I don't know if you, have you read it. I have read it. Yes, it is about corners. Yes. I might quiz you, but you might have seen the the answers to this. But anyway, we've had more corners than anybody else in the league. Only one team has scored fewer goals from corners than us. Do you want to have a guess? Only one team has scored fewer goals? From corners. Oh, yes. I can. Is it the team that's in brackets? (laughs) (laughs) I wish I hadn't pulled out the paper. I wouldn't have known. Would you have guessed? Who would you have guessed? A team that scored fewer, scored less from corners this season. If I could have had a 
guess who would I have gone with? Potentially one of the teams playing now, Swansea. Really? Yeah, yeah interesting. I think so. By the way, there is a game going on right now. Swansea are hosting Fulham at the Liberty and a couple of great saves early on from Marek Rodak, the Fulham goalkeeper, to deny Swansea taking the lead. As things stand, Neil Neil will give you updates on that as it happens. That was a really good segue. Thank you. Yeah, you guessed one of the teams. Do you know and what? And that, actually, yeah, here we, and that here was are. that was purely coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but that is an interesting stat. So I'm sure that came up on potentially a listener's question a couple of weeks ago or something. Mm, yeah, we've um, Josh Hobbs has put out a piece this week on our medium looking at corners, uh, and it's quite interesting. Um, there's people complaining about Calvin Phillips's delivery. Um, uh, I, I think it's more to do with not having enough good headers of the ball. Um, because obviously that helps. You think that Patrick Bamford might score more from corners? Yeah, you would, actually. Um, why he doesn't, I don't know. Um, but one of the things that we did point out in this piece was that, I don't know if you remember, but during during the Guardiola-Barcelona era, they used to love taking out swinging corners because the thinking was, you're, you're, it's become less and less likely that you score from corners. Corners are really actually... I think the league, league average in the championship is about 2% of corners are scored from. So you're scoring twice every 100 corners. Leads are below that average at the moment. I think they're 0.86%. Wow. Um, and, but there are teams, I think, who is it? Is it West Brom? West Brom might be about 4%. So, you, you know, they're well over the league average, but it's still four goals every 100 corners. Um, but the thinking is that if you're a team like Barcelona, you're much more dangerous from open play. So they used to take outswinging corners in the in the um, eventuality that they would miss those corners the ball would be going back towards them and they would be more likely to pick up possession and then you start your possession cycle again so so when you say outswinging though you i'm presuming you're saying they're they're floating it into the box but as an outswinger yeah so rather than swinging it in towards the goal yeah you swing it at well you have you have a right-footed person taking a right-sided corner but you're saying that they then miss the ball and they regain possession if you if you miss the header yeah. The ball is, is then, because it's swinging out, it's it's going back towards your team, so you're more likely to retain possession after, I see. after that, if that makes sense. Yes, that does make perfect sense. I, <laughs> for a second there, I think you misunderstood me in that I didn't know what an outswinging corner was. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that is interesting. And corners, actually, let's talk about corners, because you're right. It, some, I mean, some, someone years ago said to me, oh, corners are just potluck. Now, in some senses, yes, if you've got someone who can deliver the ball brilliantly, then no, because you know they're going to hit an area that a team are going to score from. I am still amazed that there aren't more trained routines for corners. And we saw one earlier this season for Bournemouth. I can't remember who it was against, but it was a well-worked routine whereby Harry Wilson um, cut back and drifted to the edge of the box and it was playback to him. Brilliant, resulted in a goal. I don't know why more teams don't do that. Yeah, in fact, we actually have the gif of that of that corner routine in the medium piece. So if, if you go to our medium, you can find that article and it's, and it's in there. I also can't remember who it's against. Um, yeah, I, well, I think two, th- two things. It's very, very hard to to do um, those corner routines. Most of the time they, they, they fall through. Um, what I would say is that it, I think it was last season, perhaps in the Premier League, was the first time that you became more likely to concede from your own corner than you were to score from it, um, which shows you how like how um, ineffectual corners actually are. And people don't realise that. I think a lot of people consider a corner to be a fairly good chance. But yeah, if you take a corner you're more likely to give away a goal, I think, in the Premier League. It may not be the same this season, but it certainly was maybe a couple of seasons ago. You're more likely that the opposition will pick the ball up, break and score from it than you were to, to score from it. So, yeah, I think the corner set pieces are are potentially a very big, um, a very dangerous um, uh, mode of attacking. But at the moment, there aren't enough people doing enough creative things with them to make the difference. No, someone who is making a difference is Alexandra Mitrovic, who has just put Fulham 1-0 ahead at Swansea. Bubakar Kamara, by the way, involved in that goal yet again. He is having something of a resurgence up top for Fulham. Great save, by the way, initially from Freddie Woodman. Tipped his initial effort onto the bar, but Mitro tapping in from close range to make it Swansea nil, Fulham 1. Lastly on set pieces, the other thing that always strikes me as being a bit odd is that teams don't tend to work more on set pieces and I've always thought this from 1998 England Argentina Juan Sebastian Veron Javier Zanetti pulls off the wall one touch goal Mm. brilliantly worked set piece routine I've never ever seen that since 
I tried to recreate it, I think, when I was playing schoolboy football at the time. I've never seen anybody recreate that. I don't understand why. Yeah, and you, you, you're ahead of your time there because a lot of analytics companies now are treating set pieces as um, very good goal-scoring opportunities because they're repeatable. So... You, like you said, you can you can run your training sessions and say this is this is going to be a routine that we run, and as soon as you're doing that, you know that you're going to be whenever you're doing anything in open play, you're kind of thinking, well, hopefully we'll have a, a wide player over here and the striker here. We try and get people to run routes roughly, but it never really happens. When it's a free kick, you get to set people up exactly where you want them, pretty much, and so. Yeah, it's getting to a point where you would want to start thinking about how do you maximise your efficiency from from those sorts of uh, events. Yeah, well, this is the Leeds United fan show here on Last Spot, not the set piece show. <laughs> but I enjoyed that segment. Of course, we are going to continue talking about Leeds. We'll get back to the week just gone and what a week it has been. Not to sound like Alan Carr, but Luton, the 2-1 win there and then the 1-0 win against Reading both with last-minute winners. I mean, wonderful stuff if you're a Leeds fan. Yeah, and it's what we were talking about uh, last week on the show where we we just had a couple of sort of wins where we'd eased through games. So we'd had the QPR game and then we'd had the Blackburn game and we weren't running away with the score, but we didn't really feel under, under any sort of pressure from them. And this was, I think, maybe a continuation of that. It's... Obviously, the the Luton game was skin of our teeth and the Reading game was like an 87th minute winner. But again, it's it feels as though Leeds are controlling the game. They're, they're not really under a huge amount of pressure. Um, and they're, they're eventually breaking teams down and they're getting the goals, importantly. La- last month, we scored four goals in five games, I think. And this month, we've scored seven in four. So it, it, it's what we've said all along. It's not that Leeds are playing any better or worse. It's just that we are starting hmm. to hit those... Um, they're sort of returns that you would expect from the, the sort of production that we're putting through. So trusting the process, and this is what it looks like. Ding. Got to get that puzzle <laughs> sorted out. Uh, Bamf as well, yep. scoring again. Very nearly a brace, but he can't be credited with the last one, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, again, same thing. I've I've always been a, a, a firm Bamford stan, uh, precisely because of the fact that, you know, you can't, you, you don't just, we've, we've said this all the time, you don't have a striker on the team just to score goals. He does so much more and yes, it's disappointing and it's frustrating when he doesn't score. But when he does, there's, there's no one else in our squad who I'd rather have in that position, including Eddie and Katia. So, yeah, I think we've got it's, it's been a good it's been a good month for us. Um, everything has, has started um, turning out the way that we've said that it might turn out or should turn out based on the underlying statistics. So it's, it's quite nice to see uh, Bamford doing well. And wins like that, surely, like the win at Luton, like the win away at Reading, potentially two tricky games. I think Luton perhaps more so than Reading, although Reading coming back in some decent form under Mark Bowen at the moment. But to win in the manner in which you won, surely, surely now starts to make you think, "Mm, okay, because Liverpool are doing the same in the Premier League and it looks like they're going to win the Premier League. And, you know, whether it be West Brom, whether it be Leeds this season, surely games like that, wins like that make you think this could be our season. Yes, but also, you know, I think there's there's a general forgetfulness about the fact that we did that the same last season, particularly mm. during the, the Christmas period last season as well. We had uh, comebacks against Villa and Blackburn, which ended up being 3-2. Uh, we were 2-0 down at uh, Villa and we were 1-0 down, 2-1 down at, at Blackburn. And um, we came back in those games as well and were quite, um, I think we were quite lucky to, to come back in both of those games. But... I think we're a better team this season. We're certainly better defensively, um, which which makes a difference. And teams are sitting deep against us. You know that that's the reality. That's been the reality of what has happened uh, under Marcelo Bielsa since since he arrived. We came out at the beginning of his uh, tenure at, at Leeds, and we turned teams over three four nil. Um, big games against look, we beat, beat Norwich very very early on last season, and and turned them over. And, and after that point teams have sat back deep against us because it's much easier to sit deep, deep against teams like Leeds, deny them any space at all, and then look to hit them on the break. Yes, you're less likely to come away as a winner, but you may draw and there's a chance that you have more of a chance of coming away with a goal and then hanging on to it if you approach the games that way. So it's it's been it's been hard as Leeds fans because I think the expectation is, well, if we were good, we'd be just hammering these teams. But You've got to you've got to realise that that Leeds are I think the only team in the division really where 
everyone is reactive against them. So when a team comes to play Leeds, or if, even if we go and play away, they think, right, how do we stop them from scoring? How do we make this game as difficult as possible for them? And there's no other team, I don't think, really in the division who people are doing that for. Yeah, the most stifled team in the Championship, I suppose you could say. Now, trying to, for one moment, take yourself away from the stats and the process. As a fan, is it hard to watch these constant narrow, narrow, by the skin of your teeth victories? Um, y- yes, I think. So I was at the Blackburn game, for example, and that was one where we, we won 2-1. We went 2-0 up quite fairly early on for Leeds we scored the first goal in about 30th minute and then it was 2-1 at half time we gave away we gave away a goal from the only shot on target that we had which was a free header from a corner Um, and the rest of the half the second half was then waiting out that win and on the face of it you know being up by one goal it's not the nicest way of, of, of winning a, a game. You're always There's always the possibility that the opposition can just sneak a goal. But it felt very, very comfortable. So I think the hard thing about being a fan this season is more is more that it feels a bit more routine, perhaps. And maybe that, that does come down to the process. Um, because we are dominating games. We're getting 60 70% possession in games. And when you do that, the opposition just don't... You don't feel as though you're imminently about to, to, to concede. And there's not been many games really like that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the fans are thinking, you know, the games against Luton, the games against Reading, they felt as though they were those games were wandering towards draws in both cases and we pulled off the win. And that doesn't feel like Leeds. Um, and yeah, they're not comfortable wins. And so I think there's a general consensus among the fans that this is just a Leedsy thing, just scraping through games and stuff. So I think I think it's I think the hardest thing for Leeds fans this season has been more the feeling that every game is is stodgy um because of what we've talked about, you know, that stifling. Um and so I think take for example the Reading game, it felt like Reading stifled us. They sat with five five defenders and uh, three midfielders in front of them. And it was really, really hard to break them down. We we get so much um, of our attacking um, impetus from the wings, and when you have a back five, it just that just slows it right down. So it didn't feel like we were going to score in that one, and then we got the break goal. That I think that's what was unique about that game was that we don't score a huge amount on the counter attack, and that was it. And it just felt great, and it felt like we really smashed and grabbed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lots more stodgy stuff to talk <laughs> about on the Leeds United fan show. We're going to be chatting about. Ben White, we've got Stephen Jackson from the 12th Man Borough podcast on, and of course, the trusty old listeners' questions. This is the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Don't you know? Pump it up. <laughs> Plenty more coming up. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It is the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, joined as ever by John McKenzie from All Stats, Aren't We? Hi, John. Hello. Good. We are going to move our attentions now to a certain Ben White on loan from Brighton, of course, this season for Leeds. It doesn't look like that that deal to get a permanent deal, an option to get a permanent deal will happen because Graham Potter clearly highly rates him, as do a number of Premier League teams now, apparently in the hunt for Ben White. So this is a guy who is performing in the Championship and very much on the radar of the top, top clubs in the country. Obviously imperative in, the, in that goal as well, that first Patrick Bamford goal against Luton. Great through ball. We're going to get on to Ben White in a moment. But earlier on the Championship fan show on Love Sport, Tony DiRigo, of course, a former Leeds United left-back, spoke to Kieran Critchard about the impact that he thinks Ben White is having. When Leeds signed Ben White, you know, there's not many that, uh, that knew you know, anything about him. You look where he kind of came from, so being you know, out on loan from Brighton at the lower divisions and... Uh, and Pontus Janssen, of course, just left. Well, I tell you what, you know, he has been an absolute revelation. And uh, I think the way that Bielsa wants to play uh, is very important that the centre-halves are comfortable with the ball. Uh, but he is, uh, you know, really is like a Rolls-Royce at the back. He has been fantastic. Now, the one caveat, I suppose, is that, uh, you know, he's playing in the Championship. Uh, the Premier League is certainly, uh, you know, a big step up and uh, to the top uh, of that. And England is, is another step up. So there's a few uh, ways to go. But I've I got to say, what I've seen so far and the way he's developed so far, you know, he's learning. He's one heck of a player, uh, and with the ball at his feet, you know, he's absolutely superb. But uh, defensively, you know, looks very good as well. So, um, yeah, still a young man, still learning. But there's no doubt that uh, that type of player uh, and what the performances that Ben White has been producing, you know, in the future, if he keeps going like that on that trajectory, 
uh, yeah, he'll go all the way. He will go all the way, says Tony DiRigo there, speaking to Kieran Critchard on the Championship Fan Show here on Love Sport. You can catch Kieran between 1 and 3 p.m. on weekdays. That is Monday through to Friday. Now, those comments, John, Tony DiRigo, he believes Ben White will go all the way. You've seen him firsthand this season. There was a fear, maybe, that Graham Potter might recall him to Brighton in January. He said he's happy with Ben on loan at Leeds at the moment, wants him to continue his development, and what a development it's been thus far. Yeah, it's been it's been a revelation. Um, I think the, in the we, there was a piece in the Athletic by Adam Crafton, and, and just where Adam went and watched the game at Luton with his with Ben White's parents, and his mom actually in that um, in that article mentioned that you know she's always quite nervous about watching him play because she doesn't want to she doesn't want him to make any mistakes but she makes the point that he hasn't made a mistake this season and it, it's true he hasn't made a mistake and um i was just i was chatting to a guy at the game actually last time i went and he was saying just he just never makes a mistake every everything he does is right everything is everything is uh, neat and tidy and you expect Leeds United centre backs to have, to make a couple of mistakes a season, and it just hasn't happened yet. But it's like watching Rio Ferdinand for me. It's he's really he's, he's that? that level. Yeah, it's wow. he's another interesting thing that was in the the Athletic article was the fact that he'd been quite ill as a child, mm. um, and I was wondering whether or not that meant that he made up for, I guess, any physical deficiencies with with just cerebral ones. So maybe maybe uh, allowed him to to. Th- think the game better if he if he wasn't quite the fit, same physical standard as a lot of other players because I know that obviously that it was some, something like between the age of seven and whatever it was um 13 he was in hospital a lot and almost that, a bit I'm not not exactly the same as Messi but Messi had that problem as well so maybe that's partly yeah, the case with what exactly happened with him and, well. and the thing you get with Messi is he's just a really 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 smart interpreter of space on the ball when he's on the ball he knows where he has to move the ball etc and you get the same with with Ben White I think and I wonder whether or not that that is because during that really important period of of development the only way he would ever have got with him being in hospital the only way that he would ever get to the top is by being being able to do the same sort of thing by being a standout player in 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 terms of uh, manipulation of 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 space Um, but yeah he's one of those one of those players who you see just happy to pass the ball around in under pressure um, happy to carry the ball forward um, also happy to play quick quick passes as well in in under pressure as well, which is obviously perfect for a Bielsa system. But I've just I don't think I've seen uh, a centre back who looks so comfortable in in that kind of position. And um, people have said, you know, he could play in a central midfield position. And I, you know, part of me thinks, yeah, it's not, and it's not it's not like playing um, Eric Dyer in in central midfield for for, for Spurs. It it would feel as though he was a, a genuinely good. Um, progressive uh, midfielder if he played there as well so yeah really exciting to watch um, and it's made a big difference to us defensively we've already mentioned before in the show that that Leeds are better this season because they're better defensively um, and it's been a big part down to, to having Ben White in the centre Yeah you mentioned the piece there from Adam Crafton in The Athletic it was a, a pleasant piece I think to read wasn't it it was one of those that you just enjoy with a cup of tea and a digestive other biscuits <laughs> are available of course but just a nice read from Adam Crafton, really good stuff. I think the fact that his parents go home and away and watch every game is a lovely thing. And you forget that as well, I think, as a fan, when you're sitting in the stand, that sometimes you could be next to a relative or a friend and you kind of have to be careful about what you say. (laughs) But you can also end up having some really good conversations with people who are very close to the players on the pitch. I think the other aspect of the article I found interesting was the fitness regime. When he first rocked up and he actually called home, he won't be happy with his mum saying this, by the way, but his mum obviously said that the first week he was on the phone to me saying he didn't know whether he was going to be able to keep up with it. Yeah, and I think, the you know, the fitness regime at Leeds United is 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 a thing of legend. I mean, obviously it's Bielsa, so he wants his players to be um, at, at, that, at the cusp of their physical uh, possibilities and that includes things like um, nutrition as well so I was listening to the Phil Hay show uh, this week as well and he was uh, pointing out that there was a famous story of Leeds uh, they got tanked 5-1 by Luton in 2006 I think it was and um, there's a famous interview with Eddie Lewis one of the Leeds players just outside the bus and, and you see someone carrying pizza boxes onto the uh, onto the bus behind him just after they've been hammered it's just before they go down um uh, into into league one but um 
Phil Hay was saying, you know, the 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 nutritional um, awareness that that the club have now is just unbelievable and he says he reckons that the players are just hungry all the time they're just waiting for the end of the season so they can go and and eat loads of beer really? so yeah i think it's it's a combination obviously of the of the fitness stuff but also the fact that these guys are um their their bodies are primed um when it comes to nutrition as well so it must be really really hard work especially when you're not used to that coming from another club um being young as well and and having to basically say you know what if for the next 9 months i'm just going to be my body is going to be a temple. Really hard work, I'd imagine. And, and you hear stories of what it was like for the Spurs players as it came to the end of Maurizio Pochettino's reign, of course. I think there's two sides to that. Some footballers might go, do you know what, I can't be doing with this. I need to, yes, I want to be a footballer, but you also need to enjoy life. Everything in moderation is what everybody says. On the flip side, I think you could almost go like Ben White's probably doing, thinking this is a real challenge for me. This is just an experiment. For the next nine months, I'm really going to see what I can get out of this. And then the reward that you get at the end of it, one, if it's promotion, two, if it is a lovely dinner out somewhere where you can go, right, it doesn't matter now, I can just go and gorge, is uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, another thing that Phil mentioned, actually, he didn't mention it by name, but he, he, he was saying that one of the players had been away to... Uh, the Middle East, I think, during the international break. I think it was Jack Harrison, uh, although he didn't he didn't mention the name. But I'd seen pictures. He was it's, was it Salt Bay, that guy who does. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. So he went to that, but apparently he came back and he'd put on maybe quarter of a kilogram or something like that during that those two weeks. And he was he was really worried because they do mm. they do the they obviously do fitness tests, they do the, the health checkups, but they also do um, uh, body body fat percentage, but they also do the skin fold test. And apparently that, that it's really, really, it's really, really hard for you to um, to take those um, tests without it showing if you've been cutting corners and stuff. So um, Jack Harrison, I think, was was really nervous about about doing about doing. So yeah, that, that is to that extent that you can have two weeks and and be worried about what you've eaten over those two weeks because it will show up in your in your fitness test. Yeah, you, I mean, you absolutely can't get away with it. Now, I was speaking to Nick Colgan, who's the goalkeeper coach at Wigan Athletic. Uh, earlier on this week and he was saying that you know it gets to pre-season now and back in the day when he was a goalkeeper at, at Chelsea and various others you'd be able to come in from pre-season and you'd see fellas you know a good stone or so overweight because what you did at the start of pre-season was run you just ran and you think yeah you know in, in a couple of weeks I'll get all of that off it's not the case now you've got to come back in from pre-season firing on all cylinders okay good Ben White chat there John I just want to very quickly touch on this week in 1997 if I can <laughs> okay <laughs> because an interesting story that i just happened to stumble across this week george graham in charge at the time traveled away to barnsley and you went two nil down and interestingly it was a season when leeds had to keep coming from behind in games in that campaign 97 98 campaign and george graham approached the game with the reverse psychology that the Leeds side had to imagine they were already down leading into the game went two nil down still however Won it three two. Hmm. I have a feeling Neil Redfern scored for Barnsley in that game. I don't know if that's true. Did Neil Redfern score? No, it was Ashley Ward and one other, but it wasn't Neil Redfern, mm. unfortunately. What I could tell you, there's two players. Andrew Dalton can sleep yeah. safe tonight, can't he? <laughs> what I will very quickly finish on: there was two players I completely forgotten about. One, David uh, Derek Lilly. Yeah. And David Robertson. <laughs> yeah. David Robertson, he cleared one off the line. He played for Crystal Palace later on. Did he? The Scottish guy. Can't remember him. Hmm. Can't remember him at all. Yeah, Scottish international, wasn't he? Was he? I think so. Yeah. I'm thinking David Hopkins. Okay, yeah, no, not David, not Ginger David David Hopkins. David Robertson. No idea. No, we'll have to look him up during the ads. Just before we do that, (laughs) Fulham are now 2-0 up at Swansea. Alexandra Mitrovic with his second of the game. This is the Leeds United fan show. Next up, we're looking ahead to the game with Borough this weekend. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter, or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Me and Matt Beadle with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Now, before we left you for the ads, we were discussing... David Robertson, who played for Leeds from 97 to 2001, but made all of his appearances, 26, I think, in total in that 97-98 season. I posed the question as to what David Robertson is doing now. I, I couldn't recall David Robertson, and I have to give myself a big slap on the wrist because he was quite the experienced campaigner with Aberdeen and Rangers in the Scottish top flight. And he also now manages <clears throat> Rail Kashmir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in I'm India. I'm surprised we didn't remember that, no. to be honest. And uh, they were promoted to the top flight under his tenure. There was actually a really popular BBC Scotland documentary on David Robertson. Quite the success out there. When you say really popular BBC <laughs> Scotland documentary. That we can, need, can, need a re- Can uh, you clarify yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> none of us watched. None of us remember. Okay, but David Robertson, we hope you're doing well. If you want to come on the show, let us know. 0208 70 20 508. You can WhatsApp us on that number, David, or tweet us, of course, <laughs> at Love Sport Radio. Now it is time for the opposition view. Yes, Leeds United host Middlesbrough this weekend. The return of Jonathan Woodgate to Ellen Road. On the line now, we have Stephen Jackson from the 12th Man Borough podcast. Stephen, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. You're on with John and I from All Stats, aren't we? Big game for Borough this weekend. Big game for Leeds this weekend. How do you think it's going to go? Massive game, isn't it, for both teams? Um, opposite um, ends of the spectrum. Um, obviously, we're looking to uh, stay, keep our head above water at the moment. Um, but not it won't be a popular opinion, but I do think we'll go to Leeds and win 1-0. It's just something we... It's, it's a typical borough, to be honest. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Hey, Stephen, it's John. Um, I've just been looking... Right, um, I, I do a tactics preview on our, on our channel uh, every week, and so I've been looking at the way that... that um, Borough have been setting up this season. Interestingly enough, Woodgate changed you to a three-five-two about a month ago, um, and has played that ever since. Despite the fact the only win that you've got from that formation is was last week against uh, was it during the week against Barnsley. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that three-five-two? Do you think that I mean there are mitigating factors as well. He's been playing Johnny Howson as the, as the right-sided centre back in that back three as well. So it's not even as though he's got the excuse that he thinks that it's going to fit his squad better. But what do you think of the three-five-two? Um, do you think he's he's persisted with it too long? No, I, I actually think it's a, um, a good formation for us to use at the moment. To be honest, um, it helps get the ball out wide quicker. Um, we've got better wing backs than mid wide midfielders, to be quite honest. Um, and gives us the option to go two up front as well, which is a, what a lot of our fans have been screaming for. So I think it's worked. I know we've only won one in the last month, but we've only lost one in our last six games. So it, it's showing that we are harder to beat, but um, it's a, without turning it into wins, it is, there's not a lot of fans that are getting on board with it. But I am one fan that's, that's quite happy with it at the moment. Mm. Now, Woodgate famously said that the the table lies and and the, the borough. <laughs> I love that. Potentially uh, uh, better than the, the league table su- suggests. But uh, watching the the game against Hull, the second goal that you scored was was delightful. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that we we've got more of that to see from Borough? Do you think do you think that there are um, there are flashes of brilliance in this team? I think that, that that's the potential we've got. Um, We've had, there's been times this season where we haven't had the rub of the green um, and say so the, the offside goal against Brentford uh, the foul that was given against us in that game um, there's just been a few results where we've we played better than it's, what's been seen and uh, I wouldn't say the table's lying because you know, we've got to face facts we're nearly halfway through the season and we're fifth bottom so you know the table's not lying anymore if we're, if we're going to go that far you shouldn't be second in the league and what I've watched of Leeds this season you definitely should be second in the league so it's it's 
it's a, an excuse that a lot of fans have laughed at. That was hence why I did have a little bit of a giggle when you said it there. Um, but as I say, there is flashes of brilliance that we can come up with, and it, it was perfectly shown with that second goal on Sunday. Uh, I think I think it was, was it Don Goodman that said it didn't even belong in the Championship that goal. It belonged at the top end of the game, and I completely agree. And that's what we're capable of when we really are on our game. In terms of away form, Stephen, and in particular form at Ellen Road, if you look at the games in the past decade, eight games in total at Ellen Road between the two of you in the Championship, two goalless draws, just 13 goals scored combined in those games, just the one win for Borough. When there has been a win for both Borough and Leeds, three wins for Leeds, four wins for Leeds, I should say, all been by the odd goal. History would suggest this one's going to be tight. Yeah, um... And it's, it shows with your home form this season as well. I know you've been quite successful at home, but I think, is, is it nine goals at home for your team this season? I think that's, that, that shows you're not exactly prolific at home. I know you've scored a lot of goals away from home, and we're not exactly the best on the road. We haven't won away from home all season. Um, but as you say, down the years, it has been quite tight between our two teams. And it, as I say, that's why I've gone for 1 0. I think it'll be a tight game again tomorrow. You've obviously got lots of injuries. Um, what's the situation and how are you feeling about that? Well, we all, we all thought that before QPR. And then um, all of a sudden, out of the eight players, three were starting to run the bench. Um, so it's, it's hard to judge if we're actually telling the truth or we're, we're lying, like the table, I suppose. Um, but, um, yeah, it's not great at the moment. Uh, defensive Crisis deepened, obviously, with uh, Nair's doubtful. Dave Steele's out for four weeks now. Our star striker could be out tomorrow as well, in a sombre longer. Yeah, we're, we're pretty threadbare at the moment, I won't lie. You mentioned Dyke still there, by the way, one of the best names in the championship, I have to say. Probably one of the best <laughs> names in football. And Britta Sombalonga, another great name. Can I just quickly ask you about him, Stephen, and, and his yeah. credentials at this level and, and whether you think that he can go any further or whether this is where Britta Sombalonga lies and the fact that, from what I've seen of him over the years, I've not seen him like you will have done, but he always seems so very hot and cold, very hit and miss on occasions. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, he, he consistently scores 15 goals a season. Um, if, if, you need, if you need vital goals, he can come up with them, as he's shown with Peterborough, as he's shown with Forrest, and he has shown with ourselves in the last couple of seasons as well. Um, for me, he performs better when he's got a strike partner. I've always said that. When he's, when he's playing up front by himself, he is quite... He looks frustrated... Uh, a bit helpless, a bit like what Negredo did when we were in the Premier League. He had no support, no mm. nothing. I, I think that I think to get the best out of Brit, you've got to have a strike alongside. But I do think, as much as we all love him, I do think this is his level. Um, but you do say about goal scorers, they can step up at any level. But Jordan Rose was a good goal scorer at this level. Didn't exactly do it in the Premier League when he was given half a chance, unfortunately. So. It, it, it's, hard, it's hard one to judge but um, for me he is, he is a massively good championship striker Brett. Stephen it's been great having you on I was going to ask you for a prediction but you said it about three times so I'm <laughs> going to presume it's 1-0 to Borough <laughs> yeah 1-0 Borough I say I'll be in the away end tomorrow uh, amongst the, I think there's about 2,000 of us coming down so uh, yeah 1-0 Borough um, hopefully kickstart kick our season properly with a couple of wins on the bounce now great Stephen thanks for joining us no it's ticker Stephen Jackson of the 12th Man Borough podcast. They're pretty confident that Borough are going to get the 1-0 win at Ellen Road tomorrow. When you look at the stats, which we love to do, and John McKenzie's looking at me with some sort of grimace slash forced grin on his face right now. But Middlesbrough is the lowest shot conversion for them in the championship this season. 7.24%. 16 goals they've scored from 221 attempts. Yeah, I, 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 as I said, uh, when when Woodgate changed the formation to three five two, um, that was about a month ago. They played about I think they played seven games and they'd won one of those games and it was against rock bottom Barnsley. So uh, appreciate him having the the confidence to say that they're going to come down I and like steal it. a one nil like win against. That, yeah, well, uh, yeah, of course, we should always be confident. But 
um, yeah, that's that's quite some turnaround. He's, he's mentioned a kickstart to the season after two wins on the bounce, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how, how that goes. Oh, fighting talk from John McKenzie of All Stats, <laughs> aren't we? This is the Leeds United fan show. Next up, listener questions. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Meet Matthew Beadle, joined as ever by John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? We've got about 12, 30 minutes of the show left, which means one and one only thing. Oh, yes, listener questions. We are going to rifle through the poses that you sent in for John to answer. And we are going to start with the Leeds effect. And this is from Joe Hill. Joe said, last year, I seem to remember there being a stat to do with teams losing the game after their one versus us. How does this look this season? John, is there any truth in it? Uh, well, there it, it's not happened this season uh, quite so much. It has it has happened a little bit. There's been, I, I, I looked through all the results. Um, so there's been 18 match uh, week game week so far in the championship so there's only 17 results we can look at where Leeds have played that's uh, teams who have played Leeds have played clever next week. got you I'll so hang on a second yeah, <laughs> yeah um so I look through them all and uh the 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 stats are we've the, the teams who've played Leeds have played 17 they have won seven of those drawn two and then lost eight um and the teams who won were Forest. Derby, West Brom, Birmingham, Preston North End, Blackburn and Luton. Um, so the the interesting stat that we had last season was that teams who played against um, Leeds would almost always lose their next fixture. So the, the thinking was that um, they'd put so much effort in playing against right. Leeds that they were exhausted the week after. Hasn't happened quite so much. And I think interesting, teams like Luton, for example, you wouldn't necessarily expect to be teams who would be getting, um, like well, well, getting wins anyway let alone getting them the, the week the, the week after playing Leeds but a lot of the teams in there Forrester in there uh, Derby are in there West Brom are in there Birmingham are in there Preston are in there so they're, they're mainly teams who you'd expect to win but we were seeing teams who you would expect to win losing after they played Leeds last season so I think it's probably because teams are a little bit more savvy about how Leeds play um, teams are sitting a bit deeper perhaps against Leeds so um, I don't yeah if you're if you're only I guess if you're looking on the counter-attack that it, that it is quite exhausting but um, it probably suggests that last season was just more of a fluke of, of, of probabilities than uh, teams being exhausted after playing Leeds but there we go mm, good question Joe like that one moving on to a question from Loop Eddie stay or Eddie go hmm, okay he says that he was encouraged by the way Bielsa was talking about Enketia staying for another year this suggests Bielsa has no intention of leaving if he's thinking ahead. What do you think? So he's actually placing this question more to the encouragement that Bielsa is staying rather than Nketiah. Yeah, and there's been a few um, things that I've seen just floating around on the internet that suggested that Bielsa is talking as though he's going to stay next season. Um, I don't know about that. Um, but talking about Nketiah, I do think is a little bit more interesting because we've just we've gone through um, about a month, slightly less than a month of games where uh, Eddie has been injured and we obviously spent the the um the shows before he got injured talking about should we play Bamford mm. or Nketiah and those questions I think have been answered to a certain extent. Um but what I think is what I think is interesting about that is that you know once when there's been no um when there's been no pressure on Bamford with Nketiah out actually we've seen uh, that, that it's there's quite an interesting um lack of pressure i think on on, on bamford bamford hasn't um looked out of place at leeds since ketia hasn't been sort of champing at the bit so you think the lack of pressure on. has helped him i think it potentially has helped him yeah um but i mean that's that's just me um that's just me um just thinking off the top of my head there i wonder whether or not it has that has had that effect but i've always been a fan of of the start bamford bring Nketiah on at option so it would be nice to see him stay and i think that Nketiah will stay i think it would be it, it would be a lot of hassle for him to move somewhere else because that would be the that would be what would happen he would the, the there's talk of him going to bristol city um but he spent so long working his way into the system at Leeds, um, that that it makes sense for him to just stay there and, and finish off the season with with us. Um, 
and the the noises that have been coming out of the club have been that that's exactly what's going to happen and there's been quite a lot of um, social media activity on his account and on the Leeds account suggesting that he'll be around okay. next next half of the season can he be recalled by Arsenal yeah so he could be recalled and then sent out again on loan somewhere else so the question is whether or not a team like Bristol City would play him more and he'd get more goals and, and whether or not that's better for his the trajectory of his career mm. than, than working in the Leeds system just also interesting of course the Arsenal managerial situation now with Unai Emery being sacked today whether that's something that they were to look at and recall him in January to be potentially part of the Arsenal squad perhaps I don't know another option of course next up a question from H40 I like the end of this question H40 watching the <laughs> 2001 team I would have predicted that anyone from that team would have been managers before I could ever imagine Woody and Boya having a go who John out of the current squad can you see becoming managers and what post-football <laughs> career do you see Alioski having H that's quite an obvious answer mate is going to be a performer a singer <laughs> done yeah, you know, I can see I can see Alioski sort of boy banding it mm. at the end of his career, maybe Death. maybe Westlife tribute act or something like that. Um, yeah, the question about managers is interesting, um, and uh, interesting, in, interestingly set up by saying you know Woodgate and Bowyer weren't the two individuals in that squad who you'd thought would have been uh, managers. So I guess the question is, how can you, how do you tell what, what, what are the, the, the sorts of attributes that you expect someone to have who goes on to be a manager? But I think the obvious candidate is Adam Forshaw, uh, that has been talked about a lot. He bit of punditry he's been doing recently he's as been well. Doing so a bit of punditry, quest. yeah, and he said that working with Marcelo Bielsa has uh, really encouraged him to go into the the coaching side of things. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him doing that. I was trying to think of of, of others, and I can't. I can't really. I was thinking maybe Liam Cooper to to manage a sort of second division Scottish side. Mm. Um, he is the captain. I don't know whether or not that would make a difference. But can you think? Can you think of anyone? The only person I would that springs to mind just purely because we've been talking about him on this show would be someone like Ben White, who you said has adopted more of a, a, a thinking way of playing football that maybe. He's someone later on, but we're talking a long, long time. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's so early on in his career, exactly. it's hard to, hard to really know. But It is tough to be fair, and we spoke to um, Tony Carr earlier, the ex-West Ham development manager, and he said that you know he had no idea that Frank Lampard would go on to do what he's what he's done at both Derby and Chelsea. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested to whether or not there's like a correlation between positions and, and going on to be manager. I'm sure there isn't, but I wonder if the the are you're more likely to become a manager if you play in this particular area on the pitch, or I don't know whether or not if you're a, a defender you have a better sense of being able to coach your teams defensively, um, etc. etc. Um, I think it's 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 certainly true that Frank Lampard's team don't look great defensively at times. So, uh, which would which would su- suggest that might be the case. But then then again, Frank Lampard's Chelsea look to me a lot of the time like they're playing football in the Premier League in the in the two thousands. Right? It feels mm. it feels very much like a throwback football in that in that respect. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that's an interesting question, but I, I do agree that I wouldn't have guessed particularly Bowyer becoming a manager but he seems to be doing really well he does indeed big news as well coming out from Charlton today of course the Duchelet I believe has moved on there so perhaps Bowyer might finally get that contract he's been waiting for at Charlton and the fans more I should say have mm. been waiting for moving on from Chris Gray failing to click why aren't we scoring many goals is the click role unnecessarily used when we have another up top yeah I think we talked about this a, a little bit more it's the obvious question to ask when when you're not scoring enough goals, um, especially when you're relying on a striker to score your, or, all your goals and you have two eights, then you, you, the suggestion is always, well, why not just convert one of those two eights into a ten and then you would think that the the result would be that you'd get more goals. Um, I I think a lot of this is, comes down to what we've been talking about all show, which is teams are sitting deep against us and they're looking to prevent us from having any space and they're, they're looking to frustrate whatever it is that Leeds are trying to do. And I think the, one, of the, one of the positions that's always going to suffer when teams are doing that is the number 10 position because they are usually your more creative players who you want to, to make that defence splitting pass or score that goal and it, it just becomes very very hard to do and Mateus Click hasn't scored many this season I think precisely because he's he's not been given, given quite the, uh, the opportunities uh, to do so I don't know um, I 
we've been playing Tyler Roberts in the 10 role and I think that works quite well he's quite an interesting he's quite a I think he's quite flamboyant um number number eight when he plays there he's he's quite creative he's quite um energetic quite frenetic likes to get, the, get on the ball and and do something with it um but unfortunately he's got got injured so uh it looks like we'll be sticking with click for for a bit longer but I, i'm not entirely sure that a lot of people seem to think that if we just throw in a creative number 10 then all of our problems will be solved we'll score more goals because we're throwing in a more creative player but uh, i think part of the reason why we've been so good defensively has been has been that we've got midfielders who are, are, are pretty solid too so if you were to do that then you would probably see some kind of impact on the other at the other end of the pitch I think it's working fine at the moment um, we just need to make sure that players like Harrison are scoring uh, which he is at the moment which is again mm. partly why we're doing so well because we're sharing those goals around and we're getting Harrison who everything goes through really uh, in an attacking sense into dangerous positions and he's actually scoring now such a satisfying goal as well, that goal at Reading. That's a type, as a fan, you watch, like I said, the pass from Alioski, the cross from Costa, and the, the looks like, yeah, go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just brilliant. Great header connected with it fantastically. Yeah. I think we've got time for one more before we go. So I'm going to go to Mark Thompson and the Phillips shaped hole. If Calvin Phillips gets a fifth yellow against Borough at the weekend, who would you replace him with while well, Forshaw is still out? Yeah, I haven't really thought about this one. Um, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, the obvious candidate is Alpha McCalmont, who's playing very well for the under-23s. Now, normally I would say play Forshaw and, and probably bring in Shackleton and then have Click uh, where he is. Um, Shackleton's just come back from, from injury, so so that opens up. I don't think I'd play Shackleton instead of Phillips. So, yeah, that's a, that's a massive step up from the 23s obviously. Mm. But um, we've, we've played the whole season saying... Um, Bielsa likes to have two players per position, and it's not—it's not entirely sure who the second player in Calvin Phillips's position is. So, I, I think Alfie would be would be great. Um, it would have to be a baptism of fire for him. It, um, I think he's he's good enough. But I've spent all week saying to people, you know, just because someone's good in the under twenty threes doesn't mean to say that you can just throw them into a senior game and expect it to to work the same way. So, it's not. It's not um, an ideal situation by any stretch. Um, and I wonder whether or not, I don't know, they might even push up a a, def- a defender to play in that role. I don't know. but um, I suppose we have to wait for the yellow card, don't yeah, we? This I is purely, so. purely hypothetical. Okay, John, it's been great for another hour, as it always is on a Friday evening. Before you go, we didn't actually get your perspective, really, on the Borough game. So I'm going to get a quick score prediction from you. 2-0. 2-0. Nice and easy. 2 was just to clarify yeah, yeah. for Trusting the process Stephen Jackson. For <laughs> Leeds United. This has been the Leeds United Fan Show here on Lost, but we'll see you next Friday at 8pm. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.